Father, we pray for an awakening. God, thank you that you are well aware of all that is happening around us. And so we pray that our eyes and our hearts would be focused upon you. We pray for an amazing outpouring of your spirit that everyone would come to recognize their hope is in Jesus and Jesus alone. And pray us in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what a great uh, set of worship songs. I'm so glad uh, that we continue to be able to uh, worship together. I've got some great news again for, uh, to start off the, the message today. And uh, when I talk about the, the good news, uh, what I want to communicate is how proud I am to be a part of a church that gives so freely and financially uh, consistent. Uh, I uh, hanging around some other pastors, uh, not every church uh, can say that, and, and I'm just grateful that you continue to give, even though uh, your presence, physical presence, isn't here, uh, but it has made a huge difference. We were able to help uh, numerous people, but I got another card this week, and this is to the New Cuff family. We can't begin to thank the people who have made our lives so much better. Never in our wildest dreams did we expect that anyone would help us financially. We had turned it over to God, which turns out to be the best thing that should have been done. Anyway, uh, thank you. It seems so little just to say thank you, but God bless you. And then they said, maybe someday up in heaven we hope to have the chance to hug you. So uh, maybe that could happen sooner than that. Uh, but I'm grateful again for the faithfulness of our New Cuff family that we don't just think about our own, but think outside of the lines and take care of the needs that are around us. You know, I was thinking the other day, uh, man, I remember the good old days when things were not so complicated. And I thought, yeah, like last year. And then I realized, well, last year had a few issues itself. But life just seems so complicated right now with COVID issues, with the economy, with race relations, uh, up in an uproar. Uh, just so many things on a daily basis that happen. And then that's just a part. There's just the normal things of life that come in. And if we're not careful, what happens is we just feel overwhelmed. And when you feel overwhelmed, you're crushed by something that we have no control over. And God's word has so much to say about that. And as we talk about what it would look like for there to be an awakening, it begins first in us. And so that our hope is not, as I shared earlier in somebody else or something else, but our hope is in Christ and in Christ alone. Now, when I talk about the COVID issues, the economy, race relations, life issues itself, uh, that sounds depressing right now. But actually, it's exciting to me because the world has been here before. All four of the spiritual awakenings that have taken place, there were some things that was going on around them, and here were some of the things. Society was divided check, we can say that today. People were angry, check, we can say that is going on here. Morals were self-defined, yes, we can certainly say that today. Anxiety high, we know that from all reports of how much anxiety there is around us. And a disregard for God, just to name a few things. Now, the reason that excites me in a depressing set of things, the reason it it excites me is the good news is that God brought about an awakening in the midst of all of that. And if God can do that, he can do it now. And that's what we're praying for. Each awakening started with a group of people who prayed for the power of God to extend the kingdom of God in them 
And that's what our prayer pods are all about, that it begins in us, that we are not so concerned, we should be, but not so concerned primarily for those outside, but immediately just to say, awakening needs to happen in me first. And so every, every group that's, uh, that started with the prayer team, they began to extend the kingdom, pray for the kingdom of God to happen in them, then in their local city, and then around the world. And that is what we're praying for. And it is not too late to get into the prayer pods. I'll talk about that. We are a church, a praying church, and we're praying for an awakening to happen in the midst of so much uncertainty. Each awakening had four root common denominators. And last week, we, were, we looked at the first one, which was believers humbled themselves. They bowed, they bowed their knees, bowed their hearts to the Creator. Our passage that is going to be a common thread throughout the next several weeks is found in Psalm 67. If you haven't already found that, you need to. It is such a powerful driver for an awakening. Psalm 67, verses 2 to 4. And the reason I repeat just for a short moment about the importance of, of being humble is we're not going through, here are the four combinators. Combinator one, being humble, check, got that taken care of. It's a, it's a culmination that they all mix together. There's this synergy when these four come together. And so I want to make sure that we understand the importance of humbling ourselves. Verses 2 to 4 in Psalm 67. And notice it's not in the first person plural. It's a reference to the second person. May your ways be known. It's a prayer. May your ways be known throughout the earth. May your saving power among people be seen everywhere. May the nations praise you. Oh God, yes, may all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice. You guide the people of the whole world. And then there's that interesting word, salah, or you may, in your translation may say pause. It just means to marinate. It, it's a musical term, a holding. It's a fermata. It's a, a holding point that hold and concentrate and think about what you've just said. May God's ways, not my ways. May God's saving power, may his power, not my if it's to be, it's up to me kind of an attitude. May the nations praise you, not praise us. May all the nations praise you because God governs. It's not up to us to govern everything and control everything. It's up to God. Think about that. Every human being, every one of us puts our hope in something or someone. Every one of us, every human being, then ask that something to fix or deliver something, to deliver what is desired or needed. We all do that. We all put our hope in something. And this, this phrase that we're looking at, Psalm 67, it points to the someone, to not put our hope horizontally, but to put our hope vertically, that we must bow to a God who is greater than ourselves. That's what being humble is. Christine Cain put it this way. We must bow to a God who is altogether other than you and me. I, that, when I read that, it, it stopped me in my tracks and has stayed with me for some time now. That being humble is that we bow, we defer to a God who is altogether different, altogether other than me. That we seek, what does God want in this? That's what awakening is about. It's just turning to say, not what others want, what do I want, but what does God want? And most of the time it's found in God's word. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through nature, through other people, without a doubt. But God's word is true. Every word is true and reliable. It's without error. And so every week we say, what does God's word have to say? So 
last week, we closed with the idea that we must bow to a God who is altogether other than you and me. The next common denominator is found in the psalm we're going to look at today. So go to your left just a few chapters to Psalm 61. It, again, is an amazing passage, and I hope you'll take time to look at it. Psalm 61, and let it work with you this week. Here it is. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge. You are a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. And then there's that Selah, pause. Think about this. What is it saying? The next common denominator is for us to pray. Pray to the creator of all. Pray to the God that breaks every chain, every chain, the the only one who's overcome death and who still lives. Our next step, in addition to humbling ourselves, is then to recognize our hope comes in God. And notice David's condition. And we see this in verse 2. He says, from the ends of the earth, he calls to God. Think about this. He's gone to the very edge. And some of, of us feel that way. We're to the very, we're pushed to the edge and we're hanging on. And this is when David recognizes, I need to come to a God who is, is able to take care of me. And he says, I am faint. My heart is faint. My heart is overwhelmed. He is under so much pressure, things that he cannot control. That word faint or overwhelmed is a verb in the Hebrew that means to be feeble, to be faint, to be weak. And it's a reference many times to animals of a flock who are born unhealthy. They're feeble. They're in an unweakened state. And it's also used of people becoming weary, worn out from other causes so that they call on God. This is the beginning of awakening. This is the beauty of being in a place where you feel overwhelmed recognizing I need to look someplace other than where I've been looking because it doesn't work very well. In fact, Jesus put it this way in John 16, 33. He said, you're going to have trials and tribulations. It's just inevitable. You're going to have trials and tribulations. The word he uses for trial, same word that we see in Hebrew for the word overwhelmed. It's the word that they use in a wine press when they squeeze the grapes. And many of us feel squeezed to the max. It's to be... Uh, to be troubled, to be afflicted. But notice this, David looks to God, and now what Jesus says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He's the one who breaks every chain, breaks every chain, breaks every chain. So back to Psalm 61, hear my cry, O God, listen to listen to my prayer, look at the condition I'm in, I'm at the ends of the earth, but I'm calling to you. I call as my heart is faint as I feel overwhelmed. I feel squeezed. I feel pushed to the max. Listen to this. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. This is incredible. I see our hope is upward, not outward. That's what David is saying. That's what Jesus is saying. Our hope is upward, not outward. He says, lead me to a rock that is higher than I because you've been my refuge. You've been a strong tower against the foe. 
I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. One of my favorite uh, devotions is by Tim Keller, and he takes us through the Psalms. And uh, Dr. Keller, whom we need to pray for, who uh, this week uh, shared that he uh, has cancer, and we want to be sure and, and pray for this guy who's had a huge impact on the world by pointing people to Jesus. He talks about there are four things that in just this passage alone that refers to this God who is able to take us when we feel at the ends of the earth and at the end of our rope. He says, first of all, God is his rock. Lead me to a place. Listen to that. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And the reason we look upward is because when we look to God, he gives us perspective. Our problem is that we look inward and we look only from our vantage point and we see so narrow. That's why being humble is so important because when we're not humble, we see things from our vantage point and what's good for me and what I deserve and what I want. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. That's not the way to live. If we were to live with a humble heart to look to God to say, God, what do you want? How would you have me to respond? Our hope is upward, not outward. We see God as our rock from God's perspective. That's what we want. We want God's perspective in every area of our lives, not just our devotion time, but how we lead, how we operate, how we deal with disappointment, how we conduct ourselves in every aspect. So God is his rock. Notice also, God is his fortified tower. Lead me to a rock that is higher, higher than I. Verse 3, for you have been my refuge, you've been my strong tower. God is his fortified tower. It is a, another word is a refuge from attackers. That when you feel the ends coming to, the, to you and you're at the end of your rope, you look to God, you land in his tower. He is your refuge. And you know this, we've said this before. A refuge is only as good as one takes cover in it. So to know it is one thing, but to run to that refuge is a different thing. Third observation from Dr. Keller is God is present and available. Look at verse 4. I long to dwell in your tent forever. I long to dwell. The word dwell in Hebrew means to turn aside from the road, to turn aside from where you're headed, that you turn aside, <coughs> excuse me, and you recognize that God is with us and he's available to us. I long to dwell in your presence is what David is saying. But you have to turn aside for that. And last observation is God is protect, protective like a mother bird. Notice the end of that. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. We were at the park uh, the other day at, at a lake and uh, some geese were there and the little, the little geese, geeselings, what are they called? Goslings, thank you, all right. Uh, Goslings were out there, and they were so cute. And so uh, I and my grand says, we, we start heading towards it, and all of a sudden, guess who shows up? Yeah, mama was having nothing to do with it. And I quickly shooed the boys off because I didn't want them to see me running either from the mom. But I, I, I recognize I'm in territory that doesn't belong to me. And so it says that God is like this, this mother hen who wants to, to take care of us. Now, before you say, well, if all this is Old Testament, 
Dr. Dr. Keller says, no, Jesus is every one of these things. Where God is his rock, Jesus in 1 Corinthians 10, 4, he's referred to that our rock is Jesus Christ. That he's the one that is higher than us and is stable and takes care of us. That God is our fortified tower, 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. That he, he is our fortified tower. He's with us and we can't go anywhere where he's not with us. God is present and available. Jesus, one of the very last things he said to his followers, said, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of your rope, even to the end of the age. I am with you always. God is with us. Jesus is with us. And God is protected like a mother bird. Luke 13, 34. Here's what Jesus said. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills prophets, that stones God's messengers. How often I wanted to gather you children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. God is available to us. So if all of this, if prayer is so valuable to us that we pray, then how should we pray? And I want to close out with talking about how do we pray. Luke 11 verse 2, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Our Father. Now think, Jesus knew that we were going to be using this as a model prayer. He could have gone and used any other comment, but he uses this descriptor, our Father. Prayer requires a foundational conviction that God is our Father. When you invite Jesus Christ to be the leader of your life, the forgiver of your sins, you become a child of God, and God becomes your Father. And we operate differently with our fathers. Never once did I refer to my, did I call, come to my dad and say, uh, Dr. Johnson, would you let me, yada, yada, yada. It was always dad, earlier on it was daddy. I, I walked in wherever he was and didn't ask permission to walk in. Why? Because he was my dad. Our son, Kevin, shows up and eats chips and salsa out of our house because it's not allowed at his house. Oh, sorry, did I say that out loud, Kev? He just shows up and eats. He doesn't ask permission. He doesn't need to ask permission. I'm his dad. What's mine is his. He has access. I got a text from Lauren this week that said, you are ignoring my texts. What are you doing? Call me now. I didn't say, hey, stay in your lane. Who are you talking to? No, I responded because I'm her dad. When, when Jesus says we're to call to the Father, there's this intimacy to knowing that he loves you and he cares for you. And, and when we're at the ends of, of our robe, God cares and he wants us to come to him. It's foundation. Jesus wouldn't have started the Lord's Prayer with our Father unless it was foundational. If God is my boss or my employer, he can like me. But at some point, if I don't deliver, if I don't operate, if I don't produce, then he dismisses me. If God is my genie in the Bible and I rub my Bible in a certain way and poof, out comes genie Jesus. And I tell genie Jesus, this is what you're going to do for me. Jesus isn't my boss I'm God, and he's to do my biddings, and that is so antithetical to what we learn. Our Father. If God is our Father, 
it requires repentance, though. I want you to, to know this. It doesn't mean just because, oh, good, now that I'm in the family, I can do what I want, when I want, however much I want. When you understand the value of a father, and especially when you have a father like this God that we just talked about, this God who is our rock, who is our tower, who is present and available, and who's protective like a mother bird, you wouldn't take advantage of that in a sinful way, but you would pray, and we'll talk about <clears throat> the importance of repenting. But we, we come to God as our Father and say, God, would you reveal to me how you want me to live and forgive me? And that's in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive me as I forgive others. One last little aspect, <clears throat> and then I'll give you an assignment for this week. Luke eleven nine is an interesting verse I thought it'd be worth talking to us about this. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Why does God want us to repeat our intercession? It's not to inform him. He's not scatterbrained. It's not to persuade him. He understands us. He knows us inside and out. Here it is. He wants us to keep repeating and coming to him because prayer positions us to receive what God intends to give. Prayer positions us to receive what God intends to give. When we pursue him and we pray to Him, then He has access to our heart to align our hearts to His way. And so if we begin to pray for things that are not in alignment, then we're in relationship enough with Him to be able to him, for Him to, to, to redirect us, to convict us, to encourage us, to correct where we need to be corrected, to dis- discipline us as a father does a child. So, Here's, here's how I want you to respond today. Instead of a, of a you version reading, I want you to go a little to your right and, and look at Psalm 63. <coughs> Psalm 63 is an interesting passage, and I just want you to read through Psalm 63 every day this week. Let it drive your prayer time and understand that you have a Father who loves you and cares about you. And that you would allow God's word, the truth of God's word, God's inerrant uh, truth to speak to you and to guide you and to form your heart. There are a couple things I want uh, to lead us to, so don't check out. Will you get your phone and turn uh, and dial four, uh, punch in 402-260-2400. There are some things that I want to encourage you. I'll give you just a moment uh, to uh, text in that number. And you'll text respond. So here's how we want you to respond today. There are any number of ways. One, if you are not sure about your relationship with Jesus Christ, either as uh, an initial uh, conversation with Jesus and you're not sure what that looks like, let us know. We would love to have conversation with you. If you just uh, desire to have some spiritual conversations and 
and talk about what a growth plan would look like. That is why we would want you to respond. There are other things there for you to, to look at, but we are in the midst of uh, praying for spiritual awakening. And so this week we're talking about what it, does it mean to not just humble ourselves, but to pray. And if you want to be in a prayer pod, then just type in there, let us know there you want to join a prayer pod and we'll put you in a group and get you lined up. If you want to lead a prayer pod, and that can be as small as you and whoever you're watching online with or others that you want to invite, we'll send you all the information. All you have to do is read and respond, um, modify as needed. In in response to today's message, uh, you may want to let us know what you feel like God is saying to you uh, through this message. It gives us an opportunity to know how to pray for you. And then, of course, we always expect and, and appreciate prayer requests that come in. And so you can write your prayer request. We have a group of people who uh, will be ready to, have, uh, to pray for you and to pray that you would experience the peace of God, that he would be your hope and your life. There are discussion questions. Uh, as soon as I get through in just a moment, uh, talking about what next week looks like, and we're excited to talk about that. Uh, there are discussion questions I would encourage you uh, to hang around and don't just uh, click off and, and, and hit the ground running. Uh, there are some, uh, some questions and some thought-provoking statements that would be good for you. So we have some great news, and the great news <clears throat> is that we get to open up next week. Um, there have been, and yet, pardon my voice here, Uh, There have been some questions. Why are we waiting so long? Mainly it was because of just trying to get a feel for how things are working with COVID issues. But a major driver has been just equipment, making sure that we had the correct equipment to be able to uh, balance things online and balance things and blend things uh, for in-house. And so we uh, have all that coming this week. We'll be up and we'll be ready. And so the doors are going to be open. There are a few things that we would like uh, to put into place and here is what I really want to encourage you. Bear with us. We have not been here before. And so just the idea of bearing with us is so important. Many of the things that we are putting in place are temporary. And so we are trying to turn on a dime. We are reading. We are talking to others. Uh, we aren't in a little silo trying to figure things out. We are getting all kinds of input. Believe me, we're getting all kinds of input. And... And so these things that we're putting into place uh, are temporary and they could be changed within a week or two, whatever. So just hang on with us and come along. We're going to all do this together. So first of all, what we're going to ask is that you wear a mask. We do have masks available and uh, that is just how we're going to start off. We want to be respectful. We are not fearful. I want you to know that. This is not out of fear. It's just out of respect and out of regard uh, for those who are a bit still uncomfortable and trying to get a feel for uh, where the COVID numbers are and all that. And so <clears throat> we will uh, ask you to, to wear a mask during that 45-minute service. Uh, we do have them available, and uh, we, we will offer that uh, for you. Uh, we understand that we've read about pre-symptomatic asymptomatic, all we understand that there are two very diametrically opposed views about masks. We understand that. And so uh, 
we're, again, we just say, bear with us. It's going to be okay. We're going to do this together. And we're just asking uh, for one particular group at this point, those who are not big fans of masks, to, to, to defer for a short time. And then later we're going to be asking those who are mask wearers to defer to those who, uh, who aren't. And so it's all good. It's kind of like when you go to the store, you put the mask on, not for your protection, but for the protection of others, and just to show respect. And so uh, that's how we're going to play it again. It's temporary, and we'll do this together. We're asking you to reserve your spot. Uh, this afternoon, we begin to rearrange the auditorium so that there is adequate social distancing. Uh, so the auditorium will look different. And we just need to know how many are coming and to make sure that we have ample space for everyone. We do not anticipate that we will run out of space. If we do, we have a waiting uh, sign up. And, and we'll also try to figure out, can we configure, depending on how many are left, uh, in, a, in a waiting situation. Our goal is not to have anybody waiting, but we will be very careful to take care of people's needs. And if we need to add another service, we'll, we're open for all that discussion as well. All those things are being talked about. But for next week, uh, we have one service at 9.30. We're still, uh, we'll be online from here on out. And uh, so you've got a couple of options for you. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine, people. We're going to do this together. And uh, let me now turn from a little, of, little bit of uncertainty because, again, we're trying to figure things out as we go. Let me talk about what is certain. And this morning as I was uh, reading in my devotional, and I don't think it was happenstance, it came out of Ephesians chapter 4, and this is what I read this morning. Be completely humble. Be gentle. Be patient Bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, one hope, and it's all in Jesus Christ. What I want you to know as one of your pastors, we are committed to staying together. And what we do know is we're going to point people to Jesus every time we come together. Our hope is that, that we always equip and encourage. But one thing we are certain of is that we are the body of Christ and we're going to fight for unity. We're going to fight to make sure that the message of New Cove is the message of Jesus Christ, that our hope is in Christ and in Christ alone. So I, we're committed uh, to making this work. We understand that times are a bit uncertain, but that is one thing we're certain about as our hope is in Jesus and New Cove is going to be about pointing people to Jesus. So with that, let me pray for us and then you can move into discussion questions. Thank you again. I realize that all of us are in uncertain times that we have a God who is certain and one in whom we can put our hope and trust. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you are not surprised. Thank you that you are not confused. Thank you that our hope is in you and you alone. And I pray uh, for the new cub body. Father, I pray that you would keep us moving forward together. Help us to offer to one another uh, Christ-likeness. And Father, I pray that you will keep our church pointing toward you and that we would be effective in reaching people for Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your love for us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you.